Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Howdy doody, it's the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by a very jet-lagged Justin Peach. Yeah, jet-lagged, tired, very late on a Sunday. I'm yeah. Tired. Yeah, but this is it. This is it, Justin. It's the final episode of our champion league table, championship league table. <laughs> it's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> championship league table predictions. It's the top six. We have gone through all the teams so far and this is it. This is the one you've all been waiting to hear. Let's start off with who we've got at number six is Bristol City. Mm. They've done some great business this summer. They brought in pretty much the loanies from last season on a permanent basis. But for me, that means it's just the same team that they had last season plus Dan Bentley. Discuss. It's a good point. This literally is just the same team as last season. Pretty much, yeah. But they've, they've got them on full-time contracts. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And it's worth pointing out that most of the players they brought in are the defensive players. Uh, so you've got Tanas Kalas and Jada Silva. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps because the current couple of players Bristol have are very good defensively. Only four teams had a better record than them last season. Yeah. And keeping hold of Adam Webster is a massive boost because mm-hmm. I love him and he's a quality player. He's your, uh, well, I'd say my, my Adam Davis equivalent. Yeah, he is the one I live for. And I do think he probably will play for England one day. Would 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 it be reasonable to argue that Bristol City keeping Webster is their best bit of business this summer? Yes, I was going to say no then, but I'd probably say yeah. Because when you say that it's just the same team as last season, but when you take Adam Webster out of that team, is it as good as last season? No, no, not at all. I'm not even in the slightest. I'm right. Fact. Move on. Yeah. And the fact that their defensive record was so good was slightly <clears> surprising <throat> because they had numerous different keepers, didn't they? Throughout yeah, the we, we 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 sort of brought that up. Them having a set of goalkeepers only going to do them you yeah. know, good next season. And Dan, and Dan Bentley, Bentley's a good he's a good option. Is yeah, he's a good option. You know, he's he's probably up there in the sense that he's not quite fulfilled his potential. Sort of didn't end the way. It, Thought we would have at Brentford. I, you know, I thought he'd he'd really kick on mm. and he moved from Southend. It didn't quite work out. Brentford fans sort of said the similar thing. Him going to Bristol City is good for him, good for Bristol City because they've got a good goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, this it's, it's it's a good signing. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The concern for me is that they still need a bit more going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the current crop of players, as I say, are quite good um, in terms of attack- attacking options. Callum O'Dowder, Jamie Patterson and Nicholas Eliasson mm-hmm. can improve on last season and if they do, they'll be really exciting. Yeah. Um, Striker's a bit of a weird one. Uh, from Mara Jeju, scored 13 goals last season. He's a, he's, he's a good forward at championship level, but he's not... Yeah, I don't think he's what you need. He's not that top six quality, you know what I mean? He's, mm. he's not got the cutting edge that someone like... Oh, it's too late to think of a, a player. I, I get your point. I get yeah. your point. I understand. You, you've done a long plane journey and you are clearly jet-lagged because there are tears in your eyes. But... Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but Jeju scored uh, 13 in his last two seasons. Uh, when I say that, I mean... He scored 13 last season and 13 the season before as well. Um, it's decent, but they, they need a bit more from him this season. And they, they paid a few million for him as well. So mm-hmm. it'd be not much of an ask for him uh, to really just improve him. Just, just do better for Mara, come on. Uh, Andy Vyman also got double figures, um, but I don't think he'll do that again. Well, he, hit double, well, he, he got half his double figures by the end of September and then the other half came in April and May. <laughs> they, they just <laughs> a eventually big, turned up. Yeah, there's a big chunk of that season missing. He's he's a, dare I say it, he's a Russian Harry. Flipping heck. <laughs> what does it mean? Give us, give us a bit more context because you know, I think that's the I, third time you've said it today. I, I mispronounced it. All, all, all I mean by it is they, they, they just Russian Harry people. Like okay. they chase after the ball, they unsettle defenders, they lack a bit of quality. I've now just turned it into a definition. R- Russian Harry. Russian okay. Harry. There you go. Um, but with Jeju, I think if he were to score twenty goals for Bristol next season, then they could potentially challenge for automatic promotion. Is no, that... yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. One, their midfield's their strongest. You know, they've got players like Marlon Pack, um, Josh, yeah. Josh Brownhill. Um, obviously, in the wide areas, they've. Already, we've already mentioned Elias and O'Dowd, um, Patterson. They've got a lot of talent hmm. um, in that middle third. Their defence is, is great. The missing link is just the strike. It all the coming together. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it strike. all coming together, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lee. Lee Johnson, I'm not completely sold on because he's got a bit of a reputation as a yeah. streaky manager and he showed that last season. Uh, this is their record from the end of October to the end of the season. Uh, so they picked up two wins in 10 games. Then they won nine in a row. <laughs> then they went without a win for six games, unbeaten in the next four, and then only won once in the last six games of the season. Do you, do you know what the strange thing is? If managers go six games without winning, they're, they're very much at risk of, of getting a sack. He seems, to, he seems to hit that bracket just before he's in a sackable region. <laughs> He'll go on another run. <laughs> <laughs> the, point, the point I'm trying to make is, if Bristol City um, want to get in the playoffs and maybe even further next season, they need to stop this happening and just be, cons- be consistent. Consistency is key for them. Yeah. It's it's easy saying it because um, that's the that's the only thing that's let them down over the last two seasons is the consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to finish off on Bristol City, um, it's interesting that they had such a good defensive record because in terms of expected goals, they went off a bit of, a bit of a cliff defensively. At the end of <laughs> December, they were the fourth best team 
in terms of expected goals defensively. Um, and then the end of the season as the 11th best team. Can we not correlate this with the, the streaky runs of form that they go on? Potentially. Um, I mean, the, the winning run, I think, was in the second half of the season. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, let's move on to who we've got in fifth place. And I'm a bit torn on this one because it's West Brom. And I'm not sure how they're going to do next season because they haven't had the greatest transfer window on earth. Uh, they couldn't afford to bring back Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez mm-hmm. was also sold. Those two and Harvey Barnes, as I've already mentioned before, they scored 55 out of 89 goals last season for them and they're all gone. So that's a bit of a concern. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's quite easy to say that they're their best attribute is their defence. At this moment, maybe, but I think looking at their whole team all around, they've also lost Craig Dawson. Mm-hmm. They're undeniably weaker than they were last season, aren't they? Yeah, um, they are, but they've got a much better manager with a lot more experience yeah. and pulling power for players. If you um, think he was in charge last season, do you think they'd have gone up? Yeah, I do, actually. Mm. Just because... We've noted the quality that they had. Um, again, they couldn't defend Billage. Slavin Billage, by the way. Yeah, we haven't actually mentioned his name yet. Billage. Yeah, did. yeah. Uh, they have made a few signings though. The standout one for me is Romain Sawyer's from Brentford for three million pounds. Looks an absolute bargain. Um, a midfield with him, Jay Livermore, Matt Phillips. Filic Kravinovic, who's a new signing on loan from Benfica, and then Rakeem Harper, who's been linked with Juventus. Whoever plays in that midfield, it looks strong, doesn't it? Well, they've got a good mix, a uh, good mix of players. They've obviously got Jonathan Lecco, um, Rakeem Harper, then you've got players like Matt Phillips, um, Romain Sawyers. There's a good mix of flair, industry, um, strength, creativity, and pace. It's it's almost a perfect midfield when you consider mm. there's Livermore. Um, Livermore and Brunton there as well um, so yeah th- them going forward next season I say I think we mentioned I think I mentioned defence maybe being their best attribute when you when you say out loud the players that they've got in midfield it's, it's, it's unreal yeah yeah. defensively they've brought in Sami Ajayi and Darnell Furlong mm-hmm. uh, Ajayi looks like a good move because I was a big fan of him at Rotherham last season he um, looks like a versatile and very athletic player. He's also got an Alfred goal. He scored seven goals last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Furlong, I'm not too sure about. He His underlying figures don't make him out to be a player who should be playing regularly for a team in the top few teams of the yeah. league, but we'll have to see. He's, he's only young and they, they've they, got, they badly needed a right back. Yeah, I mean, they've got a gap since Holgate obviously went back to Everton. Um Craig Dawson could obviously play there as well, couldn't he? Yeah, but maybe Furlong's got a bit more of a rounded game than Craig Dawson. You know, going perhaps going forward defensively, mm. he's a bit quicker than Dawson as well. That always helps. QPR fans really liked him as well. Yeah, they they were good to see him going for the fee. It's a it's a good. They've got a good player for a small fee. They seem to have done that with everybody apart from Zahor. Which we'll get onto now mm-hmm. because Zahor's come in and. But I cannot for the life of me see him making up the goals that they've lost in Gael and Rodriguez. Um, he scored only once for Cardiff last season in the Premier League. And his season best is 12, which surprised me because I thought 
he scored a lot more. Didn't he? he hit 12 in like 25 games that yeah. season. Um, he's a he's a he's a good striker, but he's not. As he say, they've lost a lot of goals, and he's not gonna he's not gonna get near what Rodriguez got got to, or even Gale. Um, mm. So it's it's for the fee that they paid. It's Cardiff have got a good a good deal there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the worrying thing is the next highest scorer for West Brom um, outside of the three who we mentioned was Matt Phillips and he got just five. He was injured quite a bit. Though. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he was this fourth top scorer with without those. He was the, he was the fourth top scorer and they haven't really got many goals from elsewhere on the pitch. Yeah, but you know what I, what I was trying to say is Matt Phillips would probably would have scored a lot more, created a lot more. Yeah, I'm not saying Matt Phillips. No, I know you're not criticising him, but that that has an effect on everywhere else, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, we'll have to see. I I, I'm not sure Zaha will get as many goals as any of either of Gael or Rodriguez did last season. Let alone (laughs) making up for both the goals Mm. that they scored. But uh, we'll have to see. West Brom, as I say, I'm torn on because they could either challenge for automatic promotion or maybe even fall out the top half altogether. Well, it's the, hard to say. That was pretty much West Brom in a nutshell last season. They were top two going forward, but easily bottom half defending at times. Mm. Let's move on then to fourth. We have Cardiff, which is quite interesting because mm-hmm. you had them to win the league. Absolutely. Why? Neil Warnock. I was going to ask you, my next question was going to be, how much of the Neil Warnock factor has made up that pick? 90% of it. I was going to say, it's made up about 80% 80 of my decision and I put them sixth. Um, (laughs) When you come to managers that you want in in charge of a team challenging for promotion, Neil Warnock's... Obviously up there, isn't he? Because he knows the division so well. He's got Leon Best scoring, so who knows what he can do when he's got a bit of money. Um, Well, as always, they look strong defensively. And they brought in Aidan Flint. Mm -hmm. Um, Not convinced he's the best defender on earth, but we all know what he can do at the opposite end of the pitch. And you won't score many goals against... uh, Won't win many headers, sorry, against him and Morrison in defence. The rest of the team... Not fantastic. I mean, you put them to win the league. So mm-hmm. when you look at the rest of the team outside of the defence, what were your thoughts around that? It's very similar to Millwall. They they're buying players that fit their style of play. That that they they've got a they've got an identity. They know how they want to play. They've brought players in to do that. The the quality again in their wide areas is probably one of the best in the league. They got. Mendes Lang, who can do a job at championship level, Junior Hoylett, as we know. Um, one of the Murphy twins, I can't remember which one. Josh. Uh, Josh. Yeah, they've got Josh Murphy, who's shown at this level that he can, he can play. And they've got about three dozen strikers who can all score goals at this level. It's, uh, it's only four, I think. And I'm not conv- completely convinced by the striker situation because I'm not sure who's going to get the goals. Obviously, Bobby Reed. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, got 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but his next best season before that was, I think, five. Um, so it's it's 
it's not a case of writing him off and saying it was a one-off, but it's hard to dispute that so far. And then, who, apart from him, who would be your second choice? Gary Medine? They've also got Callum Patterson, who I think was probably one of their better forwards last season. Yeah. Um, but as well as that, Neil Warnock has the ability, as I brought up the Leon Best example, <laughs> to get the... He gets the most out of probably the the, the worst player possible. <laughs> he he can get the best out of him and, and turn him into a bit of a world beater. Which sound I'm not I'm not bringing it back to Leon Best at all. But Neil Warnock's got. But we are. Can we just spend the rest of the podcast talking about Leon Best? <laughs> I'd rather not. Yeah, I'd rather not. I'd, it doesn't sound like you don't want to. <laughs> my, my point being that. <laughs> My point being that he he got a very very average Cardiff team in a that was probably one of the most competitive championships we've seen for a while. Yeah, and he, he you know he guided them to second place behind a Wolves team who were a bit of an anomaly. They yeah they 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 were unreal. Um, they, they finished ahead of. I drop my memory here. Um, he went up. Uh, Fulham. Fulham and uh, Villa. That 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 Fulham team was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely um, fair. And Villa were very strong as well. Yeah. And he finished and he finished above them with no money. He's got a bit of money now. He's got players like Joe Rawls, Will Volks, um, through the middle of the park. So the the team is in much better shape than it was um, two seasons ago when they when they went up. Mm. So I I I I I'd take that as very much a as a main motive. I think for me. Yeah, when I compare when I compare their team though to the uh, teams we've got above them, um, I'm not too convinced because Camaras has gone and Aaron Gunnarsson's obviously gone as well, um, so it looks like it'll be Rawls and Will Volks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Volks is a good signing, but yeah. that midfield doesn't scream automatic promotion to me. And then, as you mentioned, Josh Murphy. Uh, he, it's about time he lived up to his potential, really, because he attracted a bit of interest this summer, but it needs to be more consistent for me. They paid £11 million for him. That's a lot of money. So yeah, he needs to show that he's an £11 million player because I am not convinced whatsoever. So we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, this Cardiff team outside the defence doesn't do much for me. Um, it is mainly the Neil Warnock factor. Um, so let's get on to our top three then, Justin. Um, it's a surprising top three, I think. Is it? I think anyone who's listened to the first uh, three episodes we've done can work out who's left. And I said it before in the last episode that we released yesterday, these three for me are the standout teams in the division mm-hmm. by quite a distance as well, I think. There's there's no question um, about it. They are. I know one team in this top three. We we we, um, we slated a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. But they turned it around. Mm. Definitely. Um, but we're not talking about them yet. Not yet. No. We're going <laughs> on to third. Third place. We've got Leeds. They're the strong favourites. Favourites? Favourites? Favourites for the title this season. Sound like Leeds fan Russell Crowe. (laughs) (laughs) They're the strong favourites for the title this season. The 9-2, which is incredibly short, but um, 
I suppose when you've got Marcello Bielsa in charge, it's possibly deserved. And you're not convinced that they're actually better than they were last season. And I presume that's mainly to do with a certain Pontus Janssen leaving. It's a little bit to do with Janssen leaving. I know in our last pod I mentioned that he got the best out of Cooper, Cooper got the best out of him. It was a perfect partnership in that sense. Um, bringing, in, bringing in Ben White, no doubt that he's got the ability to play, but he's inexperienced at championship level. That sort of thing can eat you up, um, especially in a team like Leeds, the expectation, etc., my main issue with Leeds is last season, the lack of squad depth started to show in that last five or six games. Um, obviously, things started to creak a bit. They had a devastating defeat uh, in the playoff semi-final, um, and the squad, yeah, the lack of squad depth showed. You know, you got two strikers, Bamford and Roof, who between them didn't get over fifteen league goals. Um, Bamford I think is not quite the answer and Roof has got um, you know a poor injury record um, the only main addition they've got going forward is Costa that is, a, is, a, is an outstanding signing um, but I don't think they're stronger That that is my, 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 point, my point in a nutshell um, disclaimer uh, Kimar Roof and Patrick Bamford got 24 goals last season. Um, but I get you. No, no, I'm 15, um, over 15. Like, oh, right. Okay, individually. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Defence. I, I get your point because Ben White, he impressed at Peterborough last season, mm-hmm. but it's a big old jump from challenging in the playoffs in League One to being expected yeah. to challenge for the title this season. Um, and when you're replacing your best defender, potentially the best defender in the league. Um, it's a lot of expectations well, the, for, yeah, exactly. and you for a saw, young lad as well. You saw cracks as well in that defence, especially in that playoff semi-final defeat and the Wigan defeat and the Brentford defeat. You know, there were, there were defensive mix-ups that they hadn't made all season. Um, you know, the keeper rushing out at times when he didn't need to. Yeah, well, that's one of the problems I've got down for Leeds. That being Casilla was a bit dodgy um, uh, yeah, after coming in. I know he came from Real Madrid, but he was third choice goalkeeper. <laughs> Richard Wright was a third choice goalkeeper for a lot of a long, long time. Why didn't Leeds sign Richard Wright? Richard Wright was also an international. I'll point out. My point is, it's it's not always. They should have signed Richard Wright. They should have signed Richard Wright. Damn. <laughs> it um, all makes sense now. You know, because they, there's a glamour signing not necessarily the best one. Yeah. Um, I mean, the midfield, as you mentioned, um, they have signed Costa and they've also brought back Jack Harrison. I mean, you talk about midfield of Costa, Harrison, Calvin Phillips, Pablo Hernandez and Matthias Click. That's a good midfield. That's an outstanding midfield. Yeah. I mean, the that was a strong midfield last season. It's almost the same. It's just had the addition of Costa and we all know what Costa was like yeah. when he got promoted with Wolves. So it's a very exciting time for Elise Finland. Mm-hmm. They've also got um, Jamie Shackleton as well who uh, started. He looks, yeah, he's, he's going to get better and better. Yeah, yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. He might even dislodge one of Glick or Hernandez out of the team maybe. 
have to see. Potentially, obviously, Hernandez played out wide, but obviously Costa coming in. Yeah. It's gonna that's gonna change that. Mm. Not sure Hernandez has the uh, energy to play through the middle. Yeah, he's it's defensively he's getting it's, on a bit, isn't he? Yeah, the the defensive side of it is my main sort of like did uh, disclaimer for that. Yeah, um, he's, he's no doubt in his quality going forward, but mm. defensively, can he be relied to play centre mid? Probably not. Yeah, and then just finally the striker situation. It's um, as we said, um, neither of Roof or Bamford got over fifteen goals last season. Uh, they got twenty four combined but one of the main problems that Leeds fans had was they missed a lot of chances last season and um, if they do want to go up they need to improve massively on the amount of chances Leeds paid I think about 8 million for Bamford it was a big fee for Bamford Mm. and he's not been the same player he was um, 3 or 4 years ago yeah Um, the thing is as well Leeds dominated in the expected goals uh, stats last season and they missed it, missed the top two on the, at the final hurdle. So um, whether they managed to improve on it this season, we'll have to see. Our top two, Justin, anyone who's been listening will be able to figure out who we've got left. In second place, we've got Fulham. Mm. Why have we got Fulham second? Could it be? To, could it be to do with that front three? <laughs> um, I mean, when when we were talking about um, one team who we were criticising a bit, I presume you meant Fulham, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never criticised Brentford. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what? No spoilers, please. Uh, for, anyway, Fulham. Um, the main concern that we had about them was we didn't know who was going to play for them no. next season um, because it looked like Mitrovic was on his way, Sassanion mm-hmm. uh, on his way, uh, a lot of big names who didn't perform for them in the Championship, yeah. uh, Premier League, sorry, last season and needed shifting. But here we are and... We've got this Fulham team who look good in places on paper. Yeah, there's there's that. Going back to the front three, this is unreal. Um, Mitrovic at Championship level, gotta say he's the best number nine in Championship. Oh yeah, you gotta say he's the best striker in the Championship. Yeah, maybe even the best player. Just the the damage he did when he went on loan in to Fulham when they were in the Championship. Mm. I can't imagine what he'll do in the full season as long as he stays injury free, which I have no doubt he will. Mm. Um, and then you've got the fact that Cavaliero is going to be providing on one side. His his quality in that Wolves team was 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 you know a lot of goals, a lot of assists, a lot of involvement in that in in the attacking third. And then Antonio Lockhart, who was the Championship's best player two three seasons ago. I mean, every time he's been in the Championship, he's always he's performed, up. hasn't he? Yeah. Struggled in the Premier League, but he's kind of in this you know, paradox where he's unbelievable at Championship level, goes to the Premier League and... Mm. The Robbie Earnshaw Club. Yeah, the Darren Huckabee <laughs> Club. <laughs> um, the Dwight Gale Club. <laughs> There's a lot of players we can mention here. Um, but yeah, uh, the main concern for me is the manager. 
um, Scott Parker, very inexperienced. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he came in for when Claudio Ranieri was sat last season, and he. <clears throat> It's hard to say. He obviously, when Darren Moore came in, I, I don't want to compare them to West Brom last season too much, but there were a lot of parallels between them. You know, good attack, yeah. not very good defensively, inexperienced manager. But when Darren Moore came in at West Brom, when they went down from the Premier League, um, Darren Moore started to turn the tide a bit. Yeah. Scott Parker, not really as much. So he's definitely got the players at his disposal to get promoted. I'm not convinced by um, Scott Parker, though. So we'll probably, have to see. Probably a bit harsh. The tide started to turn towards the end of last season for Fulham. They picked up a few results. It, it didn't. It didn't turn that much. No, but to you, be honest, let's look at it from Fulham's, Fulham's point of view. They they had Jakanovic. Football was great. The recruitment wasn't great. Didn't work out for Jakanovic. Then brought in Ranieri, who football from a football perspective. I'd rather have Jakanovic in charge than Scott Parker right now. Definitely. I, I think most Fulham fans will say that, but going back to my point, Ranieri came in, tore the blueprint up, played 4-4-2, then got sacked. Parker came in, he's, he's got to push it back into you know, the football information it was before. They're going to play 4-3-3 next season. You can't really judge Parker because of, one, how inexperienced he is, and two, because of that season last season. Yeah, you can't you can't judge him on that because it wasn't his fault. Maybe if he had longer, you know, they put him in in rather than Ranieri, it might be a different story. I just feel like if there was a more of an experienced manager, I'd be more confident about Fulham going up. Um, but you can say that yeah. about any team. I've said I've, I've said it already yeah. about Middlesbrough. It it sometimes it works. Obviously, Parker's worked very well trusted at the club. That front three alone has the ability to put you in that top two. It's mainly the rest of the team I'm a bit concerned about. Uh, defensively, um, they've got Alfie Mawson and Joe Bryan, who are very good players mm-hmm. at championship level. Um, who's going to partner Alfie Mawson next season, if Alfie Mawson stays fit, that is, um, is up for debate. The right-back situation, geez, And then in goal... <laughs> We don't know who the number one keeper is going to be next I th- season. I, I got a feeling it'll it be seems Rodak. Like he... Oh, okay. I, I, I've, I have a feeling it'll be Rodak just because he um, was one of Rotherham's best players last, last season, which is hard. You know, Vol- I think, but I think Vol- Volks Ajayi and then yeah. Rodak would be quite, yeah. quite an th- easy thing to say. What I was going to say was I think um, Bettinelli's played the most minutes in preseason so mm-hmm. far, um, but they've got Fabry, you know. It's, it's unclear who's going to be the number one keeper next season, but they need to just pick on one and just stick with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in midfield, Tom Kearney's staying. He didn't have the greatest season last season, but uh, when they got promoted, he was obviously a key player. And it seems like Kevin McDonald's back in the fold after he was kind of frozen out last season. Not convinced, but... Can't always have these glamorous... Glamorous names and glamorous players, you know, you need the sorts, you need the guys that go in and do the ugly stuff, as they say. Yeah, but they've been linked with, you know, Bessich and Harry Arter, and I'd much rather have one of them than uh, Kevin McDonald. Because it's more glamorous. Yeah, but they do the same job, just better. That's why it's more glamorous. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
<laughs> I'm going to go back to the point that McDonald played in that team that went up. So yeah, and he did an important role. But then he's had that season out, and it's um, hard to see how he will do this season. And um, <clears throat> a lot of Fulham fans, after we spoke about them in the relegated teams episode, said Angrisa is going to be a key player for them this season. Um, he's gone to Villarreal now, so um, yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just about wraps up for them then. And then let's go to the team we've got to win the league. It's Brentford. Can they finally do it? Can they finally do it? I think they can. And it seems like the people in charge at Brentford think they finally can because they have gone for it, this transfer window. Mm -hmm. They have really gone for it. Uh, They were the top scoring side outside the top six last season. Uh, It was their defence really which let them down, but they've, they've gone for it. They have bring, brought in Pontus Janssen from Leeds, one of the best defenders in the league. Ethan Pinnock from Barnsley. He was in the League One team of the season last year. And David Raya from Blackburn, probably the best goalkeeper outside of the Premier League. Give or take a couple of exceptions. Jack Butler and Darren Randolph. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in midfield, Romain Sawyers. He's gone, but not many Brentford fans. Uh, wanted him to go at the same time it seems like they're not too bothered really because they brought in Matthias Jensen uh, three and a half million pounds from Celta Vigo who paid five million for him last summer uh, and I've seen quite a few Danish football experts say he's a real talent mm-hmm. and he seems to be a straight replacement for Sawyers it's and... quite easy to see the direction that Brentford are going in I think the additions of Jensen and Norgard offers them a lot more control in midfield a lot more balance defensively they I say, I say defensively, I don't mean defensively, but they look, there's a bit more of a, a structure. Romain Sawyers was great going forward, but wasn't as effective doing the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Christian Norgard, we should say you're talking about, who's joined mm-hmm. from uh, Fiorentina. I imagine he'll play alongside uh, Jensen, maybe. I say depending on what formation they play. You know, they like a four, uh, a 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. And they've got the Makocho as well, mm-hmm. um, who... He was a very solid player last season as well for them. But the headline out for Brentford is their front three, who I absolutely love. Uh, As mentioned, they were the top-scoring side outside of the top six last season. And they were only one of two teams, actually, who had three different players get double figures. Uh, The front three being side Ben Rama, Neil Morpai and Ollie Watkins. Mm -hmm. It's a ridiculous front three. And... If they manage to keep hold of uh, Ben Rama and Morpé before the transfer window closes, then that is brilliant for Brentford. And as we said, attacking-wise, wasn't a problem last season, was it? No, no, no. It was completely defensively. Um, you had them to finish third. Mm-hmm. I had them to win the league. So it was mainly me being the driving force uh, in this uh, prediction. But what are your main concerns with Brentford? Um, I'd probably go back to potentially Thomas Frank mm. not being the most experienced manager. Um, he had the really poor run of form last season. They went on a terrible, yeah, terrible run. Um, I don't think he's not a deciding factor in me. Me thinking they'll they'll finish third. Mm. You know, I, I do think Brentford have got the quality to go up, but they just haven't done it over the last few seasons. There's a reason why, you know, 
but I think they've addressed a lot of a lot of that. I just thought there were teams that were stronger than them. Okay. Um, but I, I, you know, as we, as we go back to the the three centre halves, Janssen, Pinnock, and Janvier, you know, there's three top quality centre backs, and then you go to the midfield, and you got Jensen, Jorgard, and Makotcha. Makotcha. It's it's <laughs> far too late for me to try and pronounce names, but it's it's a well balanced. A well balanced team, and then you've got Rico Henry, Dalsgaard. Mm. Um, there's a lot to like about this areas. Brentford team. Yeah, there? there's, there's, there's so much more balance. My only thinking is potentially the wide areas, sorry, the fullback areas. If Henry or Dalsgaard get injured, who's going to come in and replace them? Or if they lose one of the centre halves, I know Mads Beck came in a bit last season. Yeah. You know, are, are, do they have players that are going to be able to step up? They don't have the depth that Fulham have, they don't have the depth that. Um, Cardiff have Forest have nobody's got the depth that Forest have <laughs> um, but then again that that front three you know if Ben Rama comes out they've got Sergei Canos yeah who's, who's you know an outstanding player at this level yeah absolutely so, uh, the, the the thing the main concern for me was Thomas Franco as well because um, Dean Smith never really seemed to get the Best out of Brentford, if you know what I mean. They it, it looked for, like it, yeah, it looked like it started to click though. Yeah, uh, it seemed like he was just getting it, didn't it? And then Frank came in, and initially they struggled. But I've got the um, underlying stats in front of me, and Brentford actually got a lot better hmm. since he came in. So it'll be interesting to see if he. Does manage to get it over the line for Brentford finally. They have always been a bit of a data darling in the way yeah. that uh, the analysts always seem to love them <laughs> and think, yeah, they'll be a contender next season, but they've never really done it. But this looks like to me that it is the season for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I will just have a quick prediction that I fancy side Ben Rama to win player of the season. Uh, last season, he got more assists than anyone else in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, only one of four players to get double figures for goals and assists, and I could easily see him get twenty next season. There's, there's no doubt in his quality. Uh, he's, he's he sort of I'd say he came from nowhere last season. Yeah, well they signed him for one and a half million last summer, which that's, is ridiculous. That's, that's Brentford Mope came in for one and a half million, yeah. didn't he? So, and obviously they got Matthias Jensen for two and a half million. They bought Romain Soyes for a pittance. They've got three million for him. Yeah. The business at Brentford do, there's no doubt, some of the best in, in probably English football. They're a well-run club, aren't they? Yeah. And out of, when it comes to these kind of things, I always think there are some clubs who are just generally heading in one direction, some are heading in another direction. Mm-hmm. Brentford, for a long time, have been heading up and it's just been a case of making that final step up to the Premier League. And... I think this is finally it. And Mm -hmm. from how they've done in the transfer window, it seems like the intentions from the people in charge is that they want to go up this season as well. Massively. The the quality of players they've signed is that that's the only sort of uh, intent you can see with that. Yeah. They're going for broke and I fancy them to do it. Well, this has been it, Justin. The Championship League table, we've finally done it. Finally. Finally. You... Are desperate to go to bed. I'm dishevelled. I'm yeah. tired mentally. You're very jet lagged, and Physically. 
I'm going to let you finally head home and go to bed. We've been waiting for this for a long time to be able to reveal our championship predictions and we finally got it out of the way, but it's done. It's done. Are you delighted with how it went? I am, but I've got a funny feeling nothing's going to go the way we've nope. Nope. looked at it. We'll look back on this in a year's time and laugh at ourselves. Might be the making of us. Yeah, might be. Might not. Second tier, innit? I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been to the beach. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.